Really excited that Susie McCall is joining us all the way from Honduras today. She's been here for a couple of weeks, but we're really glad to have her here. Susie is the spiritual director and founder of the Lamb Institute in Honduras, which ministers to many children and young adults from poverty-stricken areas, areas where there are numerous gangs and so on and so forth. She's adopted many children herself. I think there's a picture we can perhaps pull up of her with her eight adopted children. And uh, she practices what she preaches for sure. And she's been in Honduras since 1990, uh, came from our diocese from Barnwell and via St. Philip's, I think, and was ordained in 2009 in our diocese as well. So we're really grateful that you're here, Susie, and Susie is going to preach to us. I want to pray for her first, so let's pray for Susie. Lord God, we're so grateful for Susie being willing to come and preach to us today at the back end of her trip here, and so uh, glad for the ministry that you are doing through her and through the team that she has assembled over the years, both stateside and also in Honduras. Honduras. Uh, it's a wonderful ministry. We're so excited to be a part of that, to support it, to send teams there, to send funds there, and to see how you are growing in us and through us through the ministry you're allowing us to do and also to participate in. Would you bless us today as she speaks to us? Would it challenge us and would it shape us and would it form us to go out of here and to love and serve others well? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Susie, over to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me to share in your worship today. And I just want to say what a blessing your church family has been to us, your teams, so filled with joy and generous hearts who come down and help us. And we thank you on behalf of the Lamb Institute. I want to thank you for that. So I want to tell a story this morning, a true story, about one of our children that has a connection with your church family and will have a stronger connection in the months to come. Come on in. <laughs> Good morning. In Honduras, you have to welcome everyone as they come in. You have to stop what you're doing and say hello and welcome them in, which I think is a wonderful practice. Very uh, Hospitality is very important in our culture. So about 10 years ago, um, I was at the mall <laughs> with another missionary, Amanda, who serves with us and some of my children. My children had wanted to go to this event they were having at the mall. So we were at food court, and they started this event, which unfortunately was about who could scream the loudest. <laughs> And I was over the, at that part of the food court with my children watching them scream the loudest, which I knew they could probably win that one. <laughs> and while I was over there, Amanda had made eye contact with a young girl and her little baby who were at a different table. But as Amanda tells it, the, the girl had been watching us. And when we moved away, she, she kept staring at Amanda. And so Amanda invited her over to our table and shared the food that we had uh, bought for our little group, probably pizza or something. And so when we got back to the table, Amanda was chatting with this girl, a 15-year-old named Delcia, and her obviously very malnourished baby, uh, not yet a year old, whose name was Alex. And Alex is the little boy, now 10 years old, who the Hamlets, Hamlins are bringing into their family. And I, I felt um, a little ambivalent about sharing his story because I'm very jealous of the privacy of our children. 
At the same time, it's a story that encapsulates so many of the reasons why we do what we do and why it is so important for all of us as followers of Jesus to see and reach out to people who are in desperate circumstances. And this young girl, she was a child too, 15 years old, was in desperate circumstances. They were homeless. She was a long way from home. We never did really figure out how she ended up in Tegucigalpa because she was from about three hours away. Uh, when she told Amanda that she didn't have anywhere to stay, uh, we called our ministry directors and, and took her over to our safe house. At that time, we had a safe house for girls who had been trafficked sexually. They were all teenagers, too. And we also had a, a child there. So it was, it was the best fit we had within our ministry for her, for Delcia and Alex. And the readings this morning, it talks about how God is a compassionate God. And I think uh, compassion, in my mind, is different from sympathy. I don't think there's anything wrong with sympathy. We sometimes need to be sympathized with, and we show sympathy to others. But in the scriptures, and the character of God is portrayed as something more uh, pervasive than that. It's, the nature of his love is that we all identify with one another. We're all part of a family. I got here early this morning and I was reading the literature of Holy Cross. And it's all about family. It's all about you belong here. Come and join us. We're a family. Well, it's nice to have this little family. And I hope that you will be a very loving and caring and compassionate family for one another. But as followers of Jesus, our family is much broader than just the group that we meet with on Sunday mornings. And the mission of the church, even in the Old Testament times, and especially with the New Covenant under Jesus, has been to reach out to the least of these, to the people who most need our help, like Delcia, like that 15-year-old. So Delcia and Alex lived at our safe house for a while. And Delcia, like other teenagers, had dreams. Sometimes we, in an effort to disassociate ourselves or disconnect ourselves from people who are in great need, we pretend they're not as human as we are. They don't have dreams. They don't have feelings. But when you sit with them, Day after day, you realize that they're just like me. And Delcia shared with us how she came from a family of 13 children in a very small house. And from a young age, each child was expected to figure out how to help put food on the table. So there was no schooling in that family. It was all about survival. And we all know that young girls and women you often end up in the only kind of trade that will generate income for the family. And so Dilcia, from a young age, had been on the streets uh, bringing in money for her family the only way that she could, not having an education or, or any other way to make a living. And she ended up pregnant uh, somewhere around age 14 or 15. And somehow she ended up in Tegucigalpa. But one thing that really touched us about Dilsia was how much she loved her baby. She loved that baby. And Alex, if you've ever met him, 
you know he has these really big brown eyes, very expressive eyes, and he's very affectionate. And I believe that his affectionate nature started way back then because Delcia held on so tightly to him. You could look at him and think that she was not taking good care of him. He was definitely malnourished, but she was doing the best she could. It's, it's really should fill our hearts with sadness to know that there are children out there who are living through these kinds of circumstances. So after a few months at the safe house, one morning, um, Dilsey was gone. Sometime during the night she had left, but she left Alex at the safe house. And again, how people would be judgmental and say she abandoned her baby, how could she do that? But she knew what he would, be, what he would suffer if he went with her. And for some reason, something inside of her made her feel like she had to go back to the streets and help her family. That was her formation, that was her upbringing. I owe my family, I have to get back and help my family. But she was able, even in that conflict that I'm sure she struggled with for days before she left, understand that Alex would not, did not need to be in that environment again. So Alex has grown up with us. One very interesting thing that happened a few months after Dilcia left, I had a meeting in Nicaragua. So I traveled by bus. And when I got to the border between Honduras and Nicaragua, you have to get off the bus and present your documents. There's a layover about 20 or 30 minutes there. The border crossings are ugly, desolate places if you've ever done one in Central America. Not fun. But anyway, I got off the bus, and who should I see but Delcia? She was there. I couldn't believe it. So I walked over to her and I said, Delcia! What a miracle. And she was, I could tell she wanted to reach out to me, but there was something that was causing her not to be as excited as I was. And I said, well, what are you doing here? I'm um, selling peanuts to the travelers, she said. And I said, well, I have to go to Managua for a couple of days for a meeting, but I'll be coming right back through here in a couple of days. Come back with me. I'll get you a ticket. Come back. We miss you. Alex misses you. We, wanna, we want you to be part of our family again. You're one of us. But she didn't respond to that with a big yes. And when I came back through a couple of days later, I couldn't find her anywhere. And then sometime later, uh, we were told by social services that her body had been found in a hotel near there, that she had been murdered, which is not uncommon in our part of the world and in a lot of areas of the world. I think, I believe that God invites us when we hear stories like this through be open to really identifying with the people in the story. That, to me, is what compassion is. Delcia is not a person who is totally apart from me, totally separate from me, totally disassociated from me because she's Latina, because she's poor, because she's a teenager. 
We are all part of God's family. The great commandment that we read today, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's compassion. That's oneness. That's saying when God's love, when his spirit comes into me, I'm one. I'm one with all of his people and all of his creation. I am Dilcia. I am Alex. I'm even the people who exploited Dilcia and Alex. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. We're part of all that too. Sometimes in our indifference, we're co-conspirators in what causes the suffering of so many people in our world. But the Holy Spirit is always inviting us to open up our hearts and spirits to, for example, the grief that Alex lives with. Alex is a pretty spunky guy, but the few times I've seen him cry, it's been about his mother. When he was about five, I, I pulled up a, the only photo I had of him and his mother together and framed it for him to put by his bed because he was asking a lot of questions about her. Of course, I didn't tell her all the details about his mother, but you can see in the picture the love between the two of them. I didn't want to discourage him from hanging on to that, and I know the Hamlins don't either. That's part of the child's story. It's who they are. And even though it's grief, it also can be transformed into compassion. All of my children are adopted, and I carry their grief with them. I have never said to them, just forget about what happened before. Just forget about your birth family. You got lucky, you got a new one. People have said that to them. You're the lucky one. That does not help the child deal with their grief and have that grief turned into compassion as I'm beginning to see in my own children how they're doing some of that. It's baby steps for all of us to let our unhappiness and our uh, um, awkwardness when we think about people so different from us who are suffering. We see so much suffering and we think, well, what can I do about that? I have a lot to deal with. And yet that's our mission. That's the mission of the followers of Jesus, is to be one with the least of these. Jesus said, when you see the hungry, when you see the thirsty, when you see those who are in prison, when you see those who are in hospitals, the sick, that's when you're seeing me. We have to be consciously inviting that compassion into our thoughts and our hearts because it doesn't come naturally to us to want to embrace the suffering of this world. There's a prayer that I shared at our fundraiser this time. Breathe in the suffering of this world and breathe out the goodness of God. Breathe in the suffering of this world and breathe out the goodness of God. Because the goodness of God cannot be separated from the suffering of this world. If we really want to understand God's love and God's goodness, we have to participate in suffering, the suffering of our world. 
And we have a sense of what it is because we've all lost. We've all grieved. We've all felt alone. We've even sometimes felt desperate. But our own personal desperation and loss and grief is not the beginning, middle, and end of the story because we're not a family until we can really enter into God's love, the fullness of his love for everyone in our world. So when Alex gets here, and we're believing he's going to get here, I believe he's going to be here, he's going to get here. I'm in the process of adopting two more myself, and sometimes it just seems like it's never going to happen. But it's going to happen. It happens. It's happened, and it's going to happen again. I hope your sympathy will grow into compassion and be transformed into a kind of love that helps him to grow. It doesn't focus on where he came from, but it doesn't negate it either. Understand him in the fullness of his being. Maybe even some, in some ways the Holy Spirit can give us an understanding deeper than what the person, that person can understand themselves. And I can, I'm so thankful that he's going to have the opportunity to be a part of this family and that he'll still be a part of our family. And I pray that we can all see ourselves as the wider family, the wider family of God's creation that needs for us to have a wider, deeper, more compassionate love. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you've invited us into your heart, that you've invited us to be your hands and feet in this world, that you've invited us to open our eyes to the suffering around us, breathe it in, and then by the power of your Holy Spirit, breathe out the goodness of Jesus. Breathe out healing, compassion, mercy. Soften us, Lord, we pray. Help us to stand with those who are on the outside looking in so that they might become part of your beloved family. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.